Around to tear of all people wisdom and char looked after and cared for by their relatives. This task brings many challenge. This often affects not only the direct contact with the patient, but also the contact with authority, neighbors and friends or other family members. Caring relatives also have many positive experiences and experience themselves sometimes from a completely new side. Reading the current issue how relatives of people with dementia can receive specific support and can always draw strength for everyday life. When you feel sad, you think that it will last forever. When sadness does not go away, it is called depression, which means there is a serious problem that you are worried about. There are many reasons why people feel sad. Loss of a family member, friend or pet can bring weeks or even months of sadness. When you are sad, you feel the world is dark and unfriendly. You are hurt deep inside. You feel your heart and spirit are crushed. When the sad emotions go away, it feels like a heavy blanket has been lifted from your heart. Instead of trying to bring people back to reality, caregiver are advised to empathize and establish an emotional connection. Alzheimer disease is usually depicted mainly a disease that affects memory and thinking, partly because memory lapses are so noticeable during the beginning of the disease. People in the early stage of the disease start to lose things, forget on's familiar face, and struggle to recall recent events. Other cognitive problems soon develop, including a shortened attention span, difficulties with language, and an inability to think logically. In the later stage, people may completely lose the ability to speak. Eventually, much of what we consider conscious thought disappears. But emotional aspect of the disease may be just important, especially to the friends and family who serve a caregiver. On the negative side, Alzheimer suffer may have feelings of anger, anxiety, depression, fear, and loneliness. On the positive side, they may feel serene and joyful, and are especially capable of living in the moment. Johan Koenig Kost, an influential Alzheimer disease activist turned consultant, believes that wandering, aggression, and other behavioral changes seen in people with Alzheimer disease are the direct consequence of feelings that arise because of their cognitive difficulties. In her book Learning to Speak Alzheimer, she calls it a disease of the emotions. Is it childhood in reverse in the 1980 seconds, Barry Resberg, a New York University neurologist, divided the progression of Alzheimer disease into stages that correspond to child development, but in reverse. So, for example, the people in the septième stage who can no longer smile are at the same stage of development infant were 8 to 16 weeks old. A CBIT patient who can no longer bat without assistance is like a 4-year-old. And so on and so forth. Resberg coined the term retrogenesiste or describe the phenomenon. Brains scans and other studies have found that it does have a physiological basis. Some Alzheimer disease experts dislike the analogy, fearing that it will lead to loss of dignity, and treatment that is inappropriate for adults. On the other hand, Alzheimer disease patients seem to enjoy simple childlike activities like playing with a ball or modeling clay. Moreover, 
The advice to show empathy and boost self-esteem et cause the advice given to parents and caregivers of young children. Emphasis on the emotional life of suffice a major theme in the growing number of books directed at caregivers. These advice books still have practical tips on everything from financial planning to meal presentation, use balls instead of plat, to closing, no zippers or buttons. But they also have pointed on improving the interpersonal dynamics between caregivers and people with the disease. For example, refer often to the need for protecting and bolstering self-esteem. Frequently that means being non-judgmental and devising ways to accommodate cognitive deficit without drawing attention to them. People with the disease seem to have strong emotional memories, even from recent events, long after they've lost the ability to form less emotionally charged ones. A consequence, caregivers are urged to show affection and connect at an emotional level even if the person can't remember who you are. Support for this approach comes mainly from anecdotes, personal experience, and the memoirs of Alzheimer patients in the early stage of the disease, they're usually written with the help of a caregiver. Although behavioral interventions have been tested in clinical trial, there is not much in the way of rigorous scientific evidence to go on. Yet cost and other authors and advocates are persuasive when they argue that successful navigation of the emotional needs of Alzheimer patients is essential to effective, human care. Dealing with emotions is very important to your health. It is all very well to say that we must deal with these feelings, but how do we go about doing so? Dealing with our feelings is facing, accepting and working through them. We will always have emotions. So we have to learn to deal with them. If repressed, they will find a way to come out in depression, anxieties, panic, eating disorders to name but a few. Enter their world. People with Alzheimer disease sometimes have delusions challenging these delusions may only make them feel threatened and insecure. Instead, you should acknowledge the underlying emotion and perhaps redirect their thinking. Say a patient falsely accuse someone of stealing a valet or pocketbook. Paul Raya, director of patient care and family support for the Massachusetts chapter of the Alzheimer Association, says you might respond by saying you must feel terrible that your pocketbook is missing. Let's go look for it. If she talks about her dead mother if she were still alive, rat, airs and disabuser, you might say. Your mother sounds like a lovely person. Tell me about her. Sometimes entering this world means just playing along. In her book, Cost tell a wonderful story about her husband, who developed Alzheimer at a relatively young age, feverishly scrubbing the teflon off a frying pan. Instead of scolding him for ruining it, she congratulated him on a fine cleaning job. Protect their self-esteem. Caregivers are often told to break down and simplify tasks for Alzheimer's suffer. But if you do too much for the person, you may cause anger and frustration by making him feel more helpless and disabled than he really is. You have to consider safety, too. You can't let him drive just because he wants to. Striking the right balance helping and protecting without seeming too condescend or belittle is difficult. Especially as the ability of the person change from day to day while slowly declining. 
At one time or another we all experience strong feelings that accompany positive or negative emotions. A day without feeling emotions would be impossible to imagine. Each day we feel dozen of emotions. The excitement of going on holidays, the fear of flying, or the grief of losing a family member. If we tried to list all of the words in the English language to describe emotions, we would end up with hundreds of them. One thing for sure, we do feel many of them in our everyday life. We usually have no problem identifying the emotions that we are experiencing at a given time. We will take you on interactive journey through your body to learn more about your emotions. Learning to speak Alzheimer by Johan Koenig Kost. Talking to Alzheimer by Claudia G. Strauss are some fral books to read. This is one of the central pieces of advice in Daniel Kuhn Alzheimer's early stage. Someone has to start making decisions and assuming responsibility for the person with Alzheimer's disease. Especially if that person is your parent, this change may involve an uncomfortable, volatile reversal of power. It's yet another difficult balancing act, you must take charge while minimizing people's disability and maximizing their strengths. Don't make them wait. A shortened attention span can make waiting even a few minutes trying for people with Alzheimer's. They become impatient, agitated, even aggressive. Sometimes their problems with bathing, grooming, or eating are the result of waiting for a carré to get organized, not the activity itself. Avoid overstimulation. With the best of intention, carré often want to include loved ones in family gatherings, especially during the holidays. But many people with Alzheimer's disease are sensitive to sound, especially several sounds at once. A Roku family event can be overwhelming. You might consider a small gathering with just one or two people instead. Other strategies include limiting visits to a couple of hours and setting aside time for a nap. Turning off the television and lower ING the volume of music while people are talking and eating is another kindness. Keep the person physically active. People with early disease have said that vigorous exercise seems to sharpen their thinking and settle them down emotionally. Moreover, Alzheimer disease and depression often go hand in hand, and numerous studies have shown that exercise is good for depression. In a study published in 2003 in the Journal of the American Medical Association, University of Washington research showed that exercise, Combined with lessons in behavior management for carrégiver, improved physical health and relieved depression in Alzheimer's suffée. Sing a tune. People with Alzheimer disease usually remain able to enjoy music even in the later stage of the disease. Studies show that if you sing to them, they respond especially well, becoming more communicative, less aggressive, and less likely to scream. In a study published in 2003, Research at the Karolinska Institute in Sweden found that both carregive singing and background music had positive effects on late stage patients. They sat up their movements became stronger and more regular, and their awareness improved. Singing by carregive was especially effective in drawing them out. Don't shout. Hearing is not the problem. Speak in a calm, even, and warm tone of voice. Don't carry on a conversation with someone else if the person wasn't there. 
It's understandable that this happens when communication seems the impossible, but people with experience in caring for Alzheimer patients say that patient notice and raise the fact that they are being treated if they didn't exist. One complaint of people at the early stage of the disease is that doctors talk to family members rather than to them, even when they are present. Use common, simple words. But avoid too many pronouns. The person may get confused about we, she, and we are referring to. Use leading statements rather than open-ended questions. Would you like a cup of coffee? Is better than what would you like to drink? But a simple, inviting statement like let's have a cup of coffee is even better. Make eye contact, touch the person, be conscious of your body language. Non-verbal cues become increasingly important as the disease erod language-oriented thought. Because these cues are so important, talking on the telephone is often a poor substitute for being there in person. Say things that express positive emotions explicitly. In talking to Alzheimer, Claudia G. Strauss suggests some lovely things you might say at your living after a visit, he enjoyed this so much, he always feel good after talking to you. And seeing you is the best part of my day. All of these statements send a strong emotional message. Make the most out of the last word. According to Alzheimer disease expert Johan Koenig-Kost, Suffet will often latch on to the last word in a statement, probably because it's the easiest one to remember. If you ask, would you like to wear the green or the blue shirt? Only the word shirt may stick in the person's mind. And you won't get an answer. But Costa's care partner at term she prefers to carry giver, can turn this tendency to their advantage. Ask would you like to wear this green shirt to the one that's blue? And the person will say blue. She feels as though she has decided for herself rather than being told what to wear, but the choice has been made so easy that she feels little anxiety about it. A new University of Iowa study further support an inescapable message, car Egiver have a profound influence good or bad on the emotional state of individuals with Alzheimer disease. Patients may not remember a recent visit by a loved one or having been neglected by staff at a nursing home, but those actions can have a lasting impact on how they feel. The findings of this study are published in the journal Cognitive and Behavioral Neurology. We research showed individuals with Alzheimer's disease clip of sad and happy movies. The patients experienced sustained states of sadness and happiness despite not being able to remember the movies. This confirms that the emotional life of an Alzheimer patient is alive and well, this lead author Edmarie Guzman Vele, a doctoral student in clinical psychology, a Dean's graduate research fellow. And a National Science Foundation Graduate Research Fellow. Guzman Vele conducted the study with D. Daniel Tranel, we professor of neurology and psychology, and Justin Feinstein, assistant professor at the University of Tulsa and the Laureate Institute for Brain Research. Tranel and Feinstein published a paper that predicted the importance of attending to the emotional needs of people with Alzheimer, which is expected to affect a many as 16 million people in the United States by 2050 and cost an estimated 1 dollar et 27 trillion. It is extremely important to see data that support our previous prediction, Tranel's eyes. 
Researches immédiate implication for how we treat patients and how we teach caregivers. Despite the considerable amount of research aimed at finding new treatment for Alzheimer, no drug has succeeded at either preventing or substantially influencing the disease progression. Against this foreboding backdrop, the results of this study highlight the need to develop new caregiving techniques aimed at improving the well-being and minimizing the suffering for the millions of individuals afflicted with Alzheimer. For this behavioral study, Guzman Velle and her colleague invited 17 patients with Alzheimer's disease and 17 Telsi comparison participants to view 20 minutes of sad and then happy movies. These movie clips triggered the expected emotion, sorrow and tears during the sad film and laughter during the happy ones. About 5 minutes after watching the movies, the research gave participants a memory test to see if they could recall what they had just seen. As expected, the patient with Alzheimer disease retained significantly less information about both the sad and happy films and the healthy people. In fact, four patients were unable to recall any factual information about the film, and one patient didn't even remember watching any movies. Before and after seeing the film, participants answered questions to gauge their feelings. Patients with Alzheimer's disease reported elevated levels of either sadness or happiness for up to 30 minutes after viewing the film despite having little or no recollection of the movies. Quite strikingly, the less the patient remembered about the film, the longer their sadness lasted. While sadness tended to last a little longer than happiness, both emotions far outlasted the memory of the film. The fact that forgotten events can continue to exert a profound influence on a patient's emotional life highlights the need for caregivers to avoid causing negative feelings and to try to induce positive feelings. Our findings should empower caregivers by showing them that their actions toward patients really do matter, Guzman Velezais. Fruc visit and social interaction, exercise, music, dance, jokes, And serving patients their favorite foods are all simple things that can have a lasting emotional impact on a patient's quality of life and subjective well-being. Initial mild forgetfulness. Confusion with names and simple mathematical problems. Forgetfulness to do simple everyday tasks, brush, ing's artive problems speaking, understanding, reading and writing behavioral and personality change aggressive, anxious, Or aimless behavior. Alzheimer disease advanced in stage, ranging from mild forgetfulness to severe dementia. The course of the disease and the rate of decline vary from person to person. The duration from onset of symptoms to death can be from 5 to 20 years. Currently, there is no effective treatment for a disease that can halt the progression. However, some experimental drugs have shown promising easing symptoms in some patients. Medication can help control behavioral symptoms. Making patients more comfortable and easier to manage for caregivers. Still other research for focus on alternative care programs that provide relief to the caregiver and support for the patient. Coping with dementia-related emotional problems. Angéenne frustration. Depression. Anxiety and clinging. Mood swing. Other type for handling emotional distress. Coping with dementia-related behavioral problems. Refusing help. Awarding. Répétition.
Sleplessness, Sleep Disturbance. Sound of an Swearing. Wandering. Incontinence. Aggressive behavior. Accusing. Andlin Behavioral Challenge. Many people find the change in behavior caused by Alzheimer to be the most challenging and distressing effect of the disease. The chief cause of behavioral symptoms is the progressive deterioration of brain cells. However, medication, environmental influence and some medical conditions also can cause symptoms or make them worse. In early stage, people may experience behavior and personality change such as irritability anxiety depression in later stage, other symptoms may occur including Aggression and anxiety and agitation general emotional distress physical or verbal outburst stresslessness, pacing, shredding paper or tissues hallucination, seeing, hearing or feeling things that are not realized, delusions, firmly held belief in things that are not true, sleep issues and sound of none. Events or change in a person's surroundings often play a role in triggering behavioral symptoms. Change can be stressful for anyone and can be especially difficult for a person with Alzheimer's disease. It can increase the fear and fatigue of trying to make sense out of an increasingly confusing world. Situation affecting behavior may include Difficulty with communication Moving to a new residence or nursing home Change in a familiar environment or carregivé arrangement Misperceived trea Admission to a hospital. Being asked to bat or change clothes. Identifying what has triggered a behavior can often help in selecting the best approach to deal with it. Medical evaluation for contributing factor. Everyone who develops behavior change should receive a thorough medical evaluation, especially if symptoms appear suddenly. Even though the chief cause of behavioral symptoms is the effect of Alzheimer's disease on the brain, en examination may reveal other traits à table co conditions that are contributing to the behavior. Because people with Alzheimer gradually lose the ability to communicate, it is important to regularly monitor their comfort and anticipate their needs. Contributing conditions may include drug side effects. Many people with Alzheimer take prescription medication for other health issues. Drug side effects or interaction on drugs can affect behavior. Discomfort from infection or other conditions. As the disease gets worse, those with Alzheimer have increasing difficulty communicating with others about their experience. As a result, they may be unable to report symptoms of common illnesses. Pain from infection of the urinary tract, ear or sinus may lead to restlessness or agitation. Discomfort from a full bladé, constipation, or feeling too hot or too cold also may be expressed through behavior. Incorrected problems with hearing or vision. These can contribute to confusion and frustration and foster a sense of isolation. Non-drug approach. Non-drug approach to managing behavior symptoms promote physical and emotional comfort. Many of these strategies aim to identify and address needs that the person with Alzheimer's may have difficulty expressing as the disease progress. Non-drug approach should always be tried first. Steps to developing successful non-drug treatment include Recognizing that the person is not just acting minor ornery, but is having further symptoms of the disease. 
Identifying the cause and how the symptoms may relate to the experience of the person with Alzheimer's. Changing the environment to resolve challenge and obstacle to comfort, security and ease of mind. Coping tip. Monitor personal comfort. Check for pain, hunger, thirst, constipation, full bladé, fatigue, infection and skin irritation. Maintain a comfortable room temperature. Avoid being confrontational or arguing about facts. For example, if a person express a wish to go visit a parent who died years ago, don't point out that the parent is dead. Instead, say, your mother is a wonderful person. He would like to see her too. Redirect the person's attention. Try to remain flexible, patient and supportive by responding to the emotion, not the behavior. Create a calm environment. Avoid noise, glare, insecure space and too much background distraction, including television. Allow adequate rest between stimulating events. Provide a security object. Assignalage requests, and respond to them. Look for reasons behind each behavior. Consult a physician to identify any cause related to medication or illness. Explore various solutions. Don't take the behavior personally, and share your experiences with others. Our online social network and community can also help you. Join us connected and learn a tip for coping with a loved one's behavior and find support from other caregivers. Medication for behavioral symptoms. If non-drug approach fail after being applied consistently, introducing medication may be appropriate for individuals with severe symptoms or who have the potential to harm themselves or others. While prescription medication can be effective in some situations, they must be used carefully and are most effective when combined with non-drug approach. When considering use of medication, it is important to understand that no drugs are specifically approved by the U.S. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, to treat behavioral and psychiatric dementia symptoms. Some of the examples discussed below represent off-label use, a medical practice in which a physician may prescribe a drug for a different purpose than the ones for which it is approved. Guiding Principles The following general principles can help guide appropriate use of medication. Know the risk and benefits. It is important to understand the potential benefits and risk of a medication before making treatment decisions. Target a specific symptom. Effective treatment of one core symptom may help relieve other symptoms. For example, some antidepressants may help people sleep better. Start with a low dose of a single drug and monitor closely for side effects. Side effects can be serious, and drugs can occasionally even warrant the symptoms being treated. Dosage should not be increased without a careful evaluation by a healthcare professional. Learn more, Alzheimer Association Statement Regarding Treatment of Behavioral and Psychiatric Symptoms. Some medications commonly used to treat behavioral and psychiatric symptoms of Alzheimer's disease, listed in alphabetical order by generic name, include the following. Antidepressants for low mood and irritability. Citalopram, Celexa, Fluoxtine, Prozac, Paroxyne, Paxil, Sertraline, Zoloft, 
Trazodonée, Désirel, Anxiolytique for Anxiety, Restlessness, Verbally Disruptive Behavior and Resistance. Lorespam, Ativant, Oxazepam, Serax, Antipsychotique Medication for Hallucination, Delusions, Aggression, Agitation, Hostility and Incooperativeness. Aripiprazol, Abilify. Clozapine, Clozaril. Aloperidol, Aldol. Olanzapine, Ziprexa. Cutiapine, Seroquel. Risperidone, Risperdal. Ziprazidone, Giodon. Antipsychotique médication. The decision to use antipsychotique drug needs to be considered with extreme caution. Research has shown that these drugs are associated with an increased risk of stroke and death in older adults with dementia. The FDA has ordered manufacturer to label such drugs with a black box warning about their risk and a reminder that they are not approved to treat dementia symptoms. Based on scientific evidence, a well a governmental warning and guidance from care oversight body, individuals with dementia should use antipsychotic medication only under one of the following conditions. Behavioral symptoms are due to mania or psychosis. The symptom present a danger to the person or others. The person is experiencing inconsolable or persistent distress, a significant decline in function or substantial difficulty recei. 20 needed care. Antipsychotic medication should not be used to sedate or restrain persons with dementia. The minimum dosage should be used for the minimum amount of time possible. Adverse side effects require careful monitoring. Although antipsychotiques are the most frequently used medication for agitation, some physicians may prescribe a seizure medication mood stabiliser, such as carbamazepine, tegretol. The recent establishment of a professional interest area, PIA, within the International Society to Advance Alzheimer Research and Treatment, ISTAR, devoted to the neuropsychiatric symptom, NPS, Of Alzheimer is a sign of the emerging consensus among researchers and clinicians alike that these symptoms are major components of Alzheimer's disease, AD, and significant influences on both patient and caregiver quality of life, call. Indeed, neuropsychiatric symptoms such as apathy, depression, aggression, agitation, sleep disruption, and psychosis are now recognized accord symptoms of a that are expressed to varying degrees through good the course of the illness. In addition to providing insight into a pathology, specific neuropsychiatric and behavioral anomaly during the early prodromal phase of mild cognitive impairment, mais qui, may have prognostic value. For example, late life depression increases at a risk by default. In this review, the major neuropsychiatric and behavioral symptoms of ADA are reviewed with emphasis on these symptoms may illuminate disease pathogenesis or provide prognostic information. Alzheimer dementia is the end result of multiple pathogenic processes including aberrant amyloid processing, change in lipid metabolism due to apolipoprotein E, AP, risk allele, taux hyperphosphorylation, protein mifolding and endoplasmic reticulum, R, stress, vascular dysfunction, oxidative stress and mitochondrial dysfunction, neurotrophic factor dysregulation, disrupted leptin signaling, fibrin clos, 
and processes mediated by a myriad of other AD associated genes, and the pathogenic processes also occurred in major neuropsychiatric symptoms. It is likely that these processes target non-overlapping neural network, accounting for difference in disease progression and the variability in neuropsychiatric symptoms. Possible mechanism linking the neuropsychiatric symptoms, NPS, with AD. NPS such as depression, apathy, aggression, and psychosis shared some pathogenic processes, in red color, with AD, while they also have their unique pathogenic processes. The neuropsychiatric symptom and behavioral anomaly of AD have a significant impact on patients colon are sought to be predictive of eventual, or more severe, damage, more extensive neurodegeneration, loss of functional independence and institutionalization, and early death. 2. There is general agreement that these neuropsychiatric symptoms and behavioral anomalies are predictive of poor outcome, although symptom incidence, progression, and prognostic significant. Ce are highly variable cross studies, possibly due to the different neuropsychiatric instruments used or clinical definition. Moreover, Despite recent identification of non-invasive biomarkers related to ADN advance in imaging AD-associated plaque, AD is still a diagnosis that can only be confirmed at autopsy, so most such studies relate neuropsychiatric symptoms to presumed AD. Another uncertainty is whether these neuropsychiatric and behavioral abnormalities such as depression and psychosis are etiologically similar in patients with and without AD or constitute clinical entities unique to Alzheimer disease. Depression is a common comorbidity in AD, with prevalence estimate ranging from 25% to 74.9% in a group of recent studies. This variability is likely due to the multitude of instruments used for diagnosis, including the DSM, Neuropsychiatric Inventory Depression Subscale, NPD, and Geriatric Depression Scale, GDS. Indeed, one study reported that in the same cohort of 10.5% using the NPD, significant, 56.4% based on the NPD, NI, 30% based on the Geriatric Depression Scale, GDS, N16% based on antidepressant usage. A French network on AD, Real.fr, study following several android Alzheimer disease patients without depression or antidepressant use over 4 years reported an incidence of 17.45% year. 2. About 40% of AD patients are expected to show symptoms of clinical depression within 5 years. Moreover, Voluminous evidence indicates that Alzheimer disease with depression results in worse clinical outcome. Based on studies in depressed non-AD population, early studies on the pathophysiology of depression in AD focused on serotonergic transmission. One of the earliest studies reported an association between major depression in Alzheimer disease at baseline N5HT, 2A, N5HT, 2C, Respector polymorphism, with CC carrier of the 5HT, 2A, C102 allele 5 times more likely than heterozygote than 5HT, 2C, CR allele carrier 12 times more likely than 5HT, 2C, CI allele carrier to develop depression. Moreover, reduced 5HT, 1A, Respector expression was specifically correlated with depressive symptoms. In contrast, 
Pritch Chardin Collag found no significant association between depression in ADNizers ECL et LCC genotype of the T100 de ces variantes of 5HT, 2A, or the C23 ser variantes of 5HT, 2C, Rustor, also these alleles were associated with psychosis and aberrant motor behavior. Moreover, no association was found between depression in ADN alleles of the serotonin transporté, ser. Similarly, Also ser expression was reduced in the frontal cortex of a des patients, there was no difference in expression in patients with or without comorbid depression. It is possible that serotonergic dysfunction may be heterogeneous among brain region cross patients, accounting for these differences in association. In addition to 5HT signaling, elderly subjects destined to exhibit signs of major depression were more likely to harbor the GG genotype of the tumor necrosifactor, TNF-alpha 308, GA, SNP variant, implicating inflammation in Leton 7 MD. Early studies also examined the relationship between depression and molecules implicated in general Alzheimer disease pathology, particularly ANAP4. The strongest risk allele for AD. Early onset depression was associated with higher serum A40 A42 ratio, suggesting that depression may be associated with AD pathogenesis. One early small sample study found no association between AP genotype and depression in Alzheimer, although subsex studies have demonstrated that AP genotype can modify the effects of other genes associated with the neuropsychiatric symptom of AD. Higher serum concentration of at baseline predicted both depression and AD over 5 years suggesting shared etiology. Plasma GABA was positively correlated with depression and apathy score on the in Alzheimer patient. In addition to gene association studies, the pathogenesis of AD has also been examined by various neuroimaging models, which have revealed morphological and metabolic signs of neurodegeneration in the Alzheimer brain specifically associated with depression. Compared to non-depressed AD patients, those with depression exhibited hypoperfusion in the left frontal lobe on single photon emission computed tomography, SPECT. Imagen reduced glucose metabolism in the dorsolateral prefrontal region areoveal by 18F fluorodeoxyglucose PET. Correlation analysis of brain spect and p-score revealed a region in the left middle frontal gyrus, Broadman area 9, specifically associated with depressive symptoms. Depression in ADS also been associated with specific neurochemical change. GDS score but not agitation score were correlated with choline creatine ratio in left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. Cortical atrophy associated with depression was observed in wide region of the prefrontal cortex and temporal cortex and decreased gray matter volume in the left inferior temporal gyrus was confirmed in an independent study. Depressed a des patients also exhibited greater white matter atrophy in frontal, temporal, and parietal obsenad patients without depressive symptoms. One study also reported lesions in the codat nucleus and lentiform nucleus of a des patients with leton 7 depression. Expansion of the lateral ventricle was also correlated with depression, general cognitive decline, and poor outcome. 2. Depression is associated with both gray and white matter atrophy, particularly in specific region of the prefrontal cortex.
However, it remains unclear if depression results from Alzheimer or conversely if geriatric depression is a risk factor for AD. In the first case, depression may be a psychological response to AD or result from the same pathogenic processes that lead to the other symptom of AD aberrant amyloid processing, to hyperphosphorylation, etc. Depression in AD is associated with accelerated cortical regression and white matter atrophy, particularly in frontal and temporal area. It has been proposed that AD associated degeneration may eventually damage region involved in regulation of mood, a finding consist with the irate of depression in severe AD. Nonetheless, several genetic risk factors for major depression appear to increase the risk of depression in AD but not Alzheimer without depression, so the emergence of depression may not be entirely dependent on AD pathogenesis. For example, The tryptophan hydroxylase 1, TPH1, A218C allele, monoaminoxidase, MAOA, variable number tandem repeat, VNTR, NBDNF val 66 may allele were associated with depression in females with AD, with significantly increased likelihood of comorbid AD and depression in homozygote PH1 allele and MAOA VNTR carrier. In this same study, there was also a significant association between the chaperon FK506 binding protein 5, FKBP5, RS136078 SNPN depression in all AD patients. In addition, homozygo carrier of the RS104105443 TLL of the CIRT de gene, encoding on AD dependent distillase possibly involved in cell cycle regulation, may have reduced depression risk in AD. Aside from the VAL 66 may allele of BDNF, the C allele of the SNPG1757CN the allele of G196 are also more common in Alzheimer patients with depression. One of the strongest associations with late onset ADN depression is that with TH, a transforming new growth factor 1, TGF1, genes the CC genotype of the plus 10 TC SNP was associated with ADN conferred a 5-fold increase in depression in AD a well and increase in depression severity. Finally, the presence of the AP4 allele increased depression in women with AD by 4-fold. In contrast, another study reported that AP4 was associated with anxiety but not depression, while others have found no association between AP4 and neuropsychiatric symptoms. Whether depression increases Alzheimer risk in promorbid or make patient is still a matter of debate. In an Italian study, newly diagnosed AD patients with persistent depression exhibited a greater cognitive decline over one year. And patients with incident depression demonstrated the greatest drop in cognitive function, while cognitive decline in case with resolved depression was not different from non-depressed AD patients. Let onset depression does increase the risk of progression to make it, but chronic depression was associated with only a modest increase in the risk of make it to AD transition. Another Italian study reported that apathy but not depression was associated with make it to a detransition. In contrast, the Honolulu Asia Aging Study using the Center for Epidemiological Studies Depression Scale, CD, reported that depression was an independent risk factor for cognitive decline in AD. Moreover, the effect was independent of pathological progression. 
such a increases in the number density of nerve au fibrillarite angle, NTS, Levy body, or ischemic lesion. This difference is in the reported prognostic value of depression may depend on diagnostic criteria. For example, the Vienna Transdanu-Beijing study did a report on association with a emergence over a 5-year period in 75-year-old individuals with no history of depression, but only an of 9 depression subsyndrome, loss of interest, was associated with a de-risk. Another report concluded that depression does appear to increase the risk of transition from Mekki to Dormensch, but this effect was stronger for all cause Dormensch and vascular Dormensch than Alzheimer or exclusive to vascular Dormensch. Regardless of this etiological relationship, it is clear that Alzheimer-associated depression markedly reduce cognitive capacity, call, and activity of daily function, ADF. 2. Treatment of depressive symptoms is expected to benefit a des patients. However, there have been relatively few controlled clinical trials on antidepressant therapy for depression in ADN clinical responses generally poor to modest. The uncertain relationship between ADN depression undoubtedly arises in part from diagnostic uncertainty. I mentioned, ADE is only confirmed that autopsy while estimate of depression vary marked depending on the instrument used. Furthermore, only certain depressive symptoms may be associated with Alzheimer. In sum, depression may be a modest risk factor in promorbid patients for additional review but when present. It markedly reduce cognition, call, and ADL in ADE patients. Apathy is defined by a cluster of motivational deficits such as loss of goal-directed cognition, action, and emotion. Like other neuropsychiatric symptoms associated with AD, persist apathy is predictive of more rapid cognitive decline compared to AD without apathy. Apathy and depression are often comorbid. In one relatively large cohort, 255 patients, 47.9% of the study group had depression, 41.6% apathy, and 32.4% both, with small prevalence of depression and apathy alone, 15.4% and 9.4% respi, a similar pattern has been reported in other studies 23% depression only, 23% depression plus apathy, and 20% apathy only. This fruct comorbidity suggests shared etiology. Indeed, like depression, apathy is generally associated with hypofrontality as well as serum GABA. However, apathy was specifically correlated with hypometabolism in left orbitofrontal area while depression was associated with hypometabolism in left dorsolateral prefrontal region. Score on the frontal assessment battery, FAB, for executive function are decreased by both apathy and depression alone. But the large decrease was observed in comorbid patients. This hypofrontality has been correlated with Alzheimer-associated pathogenesis. Retention of the 11 c Pittsburgh Compound B, PIB, underpet to reveal a plaque was higher in the bilateral frontal cortex of patients with apathy a determined by the NP apathy subscals and in a patients without apathy. An apathy scorer positively correlated with PIB signal in bilateral frontal and right anterior cingulate cortis. No correlation were found between PIB and any other NP subscal, including depression. This some study found no correlation between apathy and morphometric change by MRI.
à large scale study of the Alzheimer disease neuroimaging initiative database found that cortical thinning in temporal cortex was associated with more severe apathy over time after correcting for multiple covariates such as sex, age, AP genotype, premorbid intelligence, memory performance, processing speed, antidepressant use, NAD duration. Studies of white matter atrophy in a des patients with apathy have reported significantly reduced fractional anisotropy, FA, value in the genu of the corpus callosum, negative correlation between apathy score and FA value in the left anterior and posterior cingulum, right superior longitudinal fasciculu, splenium, body and genu of the corpus callosum, and bilateral incinate fasciculure right anterior cingulate cortex, right thalamus, and bilateral parietal cortex. Possible genetic association specific for apathy have not be investigated a extensively a possible depression associated jeunesse. In a des patients, les carriers of the trois utres prions like protein were more likely to exhibit apathy, although score were increased for many other p subscale. While apathy is often comorbid with depression, apathy and depression may have different prognostic significance. Apathy but not depression was strongly associated with the transition from Mekki to AD. Mekki patients with amnestic Mekki and apathy were seven times more likely to progress to Alzheimer compared to amnestic Mekki patients without apathy after adjusting for covariate, including depression, while depression alone did not increase risk of transition. Also distinct from depression, depression tend to stabilize during a deprogression while apathy tend to increase. The symptoms of Alzheimer disease and other related dementia are typically memory-related, but mood and behavior swing also occur as the brain becomes increasingly worse at processing information. Da agitation and aggression. His famous personality still shines through. But those hopeful moments mix with scenes of aggression and angry outburst. He never used to swear like this. A mere touch can set him off. He is suspicious, even accusing me, his own loving carrégivé, of stealing. Is that why he is hiding things? When the sun set, his confusion and anxiety worrying. Sleep is difficult, until late yes morning and another day of activity begin. He don't know if he'll be better or worse because he can't control how he feels, the disease is doing that. It can be devastating for a person's lifestyle, day-to-day routine, and social life to be interrupted and altered permanently by cognitive decline. Depression results. Loss of communication ability, access to memories and general functionality result in a range of emotions including danger, frustration and anxiety. Dommage also cause suspicion because situation become difficult to understand. And the disease lowers a person's inhibition in expressing emotions, resulting in outburst or even spells of extreme laughter. Behavior and emotions are distinct, but often interlated. Sleep disturbance may cause irritability, and warding is a result of anxiety. These emotional and behavioral changes are normal in the progression of dementia and can even be considered common and predictable. Remember that the two are related, and that addressing one issue may help a multitude of others. Treating anxiety, for instance, may aid problem sleeping.
We hope to assist caregivers and others in understanding the basic, common emotional and behavioral problems experienced by people with dementia. Understanding the reasons behind emotional and behavioral problems is an important step toward helping your loved one and earning either cooperation. Dementia is associated with a host of emotional issues. Problems stem from the direct effects of the disease on the brain, but also indirect source, such as change in living situation, routine, and social relationships. Common emotional problems experienced by people with dementia and their caregivers include, but are not limited to, the following. Angéophone rises a response to feeling frightened, frustrated, embarrassed, or humiliated. What might seem like a random aggression could be the result of something in the environment. For instance, some caregivers report that their loved ones tend to act out in public. Visiting new places full of strangers can be frightening and overwhelming for individuals with dementia. Likewise, being surrounded by activity and noise can be distracting or upsetting. Some people with dementia may also get angry or frustrated when a caregiver try to assist them because they can't successfully perform a task on their own. Caregivers should try breaking down complex tasks into small and manageable steps to avoid overwhelming or frustrating loved ones with dementia. Focus on achieving each step before giving further instructions which may be hard to remember. Many caregivers find it helpful to give their loved ones a task that allows them to have a say in what is happening, even if it's merely deciding whether or not something is okay. Finally, if all else fails. Give your loved one a chance to calm down in either own time. Remember not to take it personally. The disease causes the behavior. Depression is common for individuals with dementia. The feeling of social isolation and loss of control that comes with the progression of dementia may contribute to depression and loneliness. It can sometimes be difficult for caregivers to distinguish depression from dementia because some of the symptoms are the same, like apathy, lack of interest, memory loss, or trouble sleeping. Watch for signifiers of dementia born depression. Depression with dementia is likely to involve change in mood, delusions, agitation, and anxiety. Other symptoms usually associated with depression, such as guilt, Suicidal thoughts, and low self-esteem are not a common. Caregivers concerned about a loved one's depression should talk to a doctor to determine if medical treatment or counseling is warranted. It is important that an evaluating physician be familiar with what depression look like when paired with dementia. Caregiver input is also important in diagnosing this form of depression. Caregivers may also try to make more of an effort to keep their loved ones active and socially involved. Develop a list of your loved ones' favorite activities, with consideration for what's physically possible. This list may change as the disease advances, so be flexible, updating unneeded. Anxiety may be due to difficulty processing information and experiences, both new and old. New place and fast can be unsettling for individuals with dementia, especially as their memories of familiar place and fast fade away. Some people respond to anxiety by pacing, experiencing insomnia, or restlessness.
Others might choose to clean to familiar objects or individuals. The best thing a regiver can do for a person with dementia who feels anxious is to rassure and remind how much they care. Additionally, many caregivers find it helpful to come up with peaceful and distracting activities that their loved ones can focus on instead of worrying. For instance, if a person with dementia becomes anxious whenever a caregiver has to leave the house, the caregiver might try leaving not telling where they are and when they will return. Sometimes people with dementia have mood swing because they are frustrated by a loss of ability. Sometimes they are just scared, confused, or tired. Mood swing may also occur because an individual has pain, is too hot or cold, is hungry, or is bored. Other possible explanations include untreated psychiatric disorders, diet, caffeine, feeling rushed, clutter, noise and general overstimulation. Dementia may lower a person's inhibition or filter due to brain change, when it comes to expressing emotions, resulting in an increase in crying or angry outburst. Try to accept that mood swings are caused by dementia and are not the individual purposely acting out. To lessen the severity of mood swing and make occurrence less fruc, knowing the individual's likes and dislikes is key. Know what calms the person down, what upsets Times of the day the individual is more likely to act out, favorite music and activity, etc. This allows you to predict when mood problems might occur, do your best to avoid them, and if they do occur, know what might soothe the individual. Have a doctor assess your loved one for depression or other psychiatric problems, minimize distraction and noise, and be very patient. No rushing. For handling emotional distress during the natural course of Alzheimer and other related dementia, it is common for your loved one to occasionally experience emotional distress. No simple way exists to improve things, but there are actions you can take to help your loved one handle emotions when there is. Remember, you cannot control your loved one's emotions, but you can control your own reaction to them. Reassurance. Start by making your presence known. A simple touch can come an upset person. However, touch may also trigger emotions for someone who is already aggravated. Try saying something like, I'm here, I will help you.